2: And it is high noon or thereabouts here on a Thursday inside the SWBC Podcast Studio. Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, live in studio. Everson Walls in a remote location somewhere, I think in America. With a white wall behind <laughs> On top of the world. <laughs> <laughs> on top of the world. Looking down on creation, and uh, we are closing in on game day on Sunday at 5:30 Dallas time, 3:30 Pacific time, when the Cowboys take on the Niners. And I can't wait for this, not only that game, but the three games leading up to it. It is divisional playoff weekend, and a lot of people think this is the best weekend of the playoffs because you've got all this
0: football and some pretty good matchups. So we'll get a chance to watch all three games before the... Cowboys well, if you start, right,
2: you unless you're on a charter and during a Saturday afternoon and not able to watch <laughs> let's, let's, Jacksonville in Kansas City, uh, let's
0: hope the charter Wi-Fi works.
2: There you go. So so here is your schedule for the weekend, the first AFC game. At, I'm going to go Dallas time on all of this. 3.30, I believe, on Saturday afternoon. It will be Jacksonville at Kansas City. The Saturday night game, the Giants play at the Eagles. 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon, Cincinnati at Buffalo. And then Dallas and San Francisco, 5.30 Sunday.
0: So they've designated the Cowboys yes. and Niners the marquee game?
2: I would think that is the marquee name, would you? Uh, Everson, wouldn't you say when Dallas plays San Francisco in the playoffs, it's a marquee game? Nah.
1: Nah. <laughs> you know, there's never really any drama in these games at all. I don't know why America wants to see them. You know, <laughs>
0: and, and, and in the one game there, from a competitive standpoint, there wasn't drama in the NFC title game. Jimmy managed to create it beforehand, right? Predicting a victory mm-hmm. in the '93 NFC title game. You can put it in three-inch headlines. We will win the ball game. <laughs> and then
2: Wait, George...
1: thats not when he said, "Call my daddy." Hey, no, didn't. no that, was that, one. One. <laughs> that was a different one.
0: That was a different
2: one.
1: And then, and then on,
0: on the Friday night, uh, uh, coach's uh, interview uh, George Seifert. Uh, Back when they used to have they used to have a NFL party, NFL, a championship game party on Friday night, and Seaford got in the town, and you know they asked him about Jimmy's declaration, and he goes, "Well, he sure has a couple brass ones." And so <laughs> that added that <laughs> ah, added to is the Is that where the name
1: of the book comes from? That's, That's exactly right. right. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> oh it, man,
2: this is funny. The name of Jimmy's book is Swagger, okay? And so I just started Googling Jimmy and Swagger. You know what? I got Jimmy Swaggered.
1: <laughs> of course you did.
2: Of course you did. Because I, I wanted to check on the official subtitle on the book Swagger, uh, which you just referenced. And I still get Jimmy Swaggered. Forget that. Alright, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Cowboys and Niners. And uh, we had a Mike McCarthy press conference already completed today just within the last hour. We've got football players on a football field
0: and this is a big day of practice, Mickey. And there's a uh, extra kicker on the—that's right—at fa- the facility today.
1: Oh no, no! Oh wait, you missed that. <laughs> Tristan oh, Visciano, no.
0: uh, who came through here in uh, 2020 in the in the uh, I offseason. I remember that name. Yeah, and as soon as they signed uh, Greg Zerline, uh, they released the uh, the kicker uh, who went on and you know I, I think it's one of those. I don't know. Can you buy like really, really short, short term life insurance life insurance <laughs> policy? Do we have a problem here, Spag? I know th- no. it better not be because uh wait till I tell you this. I
1: mean, this is getting weird. This is getting weird. Now the tail is wagging the dog now. What's going they on? They
0: had to make sure they practiced and take the look at what Brett Maher did. Uh so it's an insurance policy. He's on the practice squad, by the way. Uh and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the other point is they, they, they just need. I think it's for a confidence standpoint. So you got to go look at what's available. That wouldn't put confidence. No, in that's, me that's what I was going to say. Would not,
1: I would not be confident at all. What? Because they signed a guy
0: that his last job he got cut because he was ten of fifteen on extra points. Is that scary? Yet? I, I don't, I don't think so. Bit. Yeah, and and his production this year is he's made uh, I think it was two two of two on field goals and three of three on extra points or vice versa. So he's perfect. He's kicked in one game basically. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you catch my drift. He's.
2: This is only his fourth oh, team okay. this year.
0: He's had ten teams since he got into the NFL. I believe it was twenty nineteen. He's been with 10 different No, not 10 different teams. This 10 is different not stops. the time ten.
1: for these issues to be coming around now. The, what about talk about bad timing? Oh my goodness.
2: This is his journey to the Cowboys practice squad. It started in Cincinnati to Dallas, back to Cincinnati, Minnesota, San Francisco, Buffalo, the Chargers, New England, Arizona, New England again and Dallas again and here we
0: are. And that's the best they could do. That's what's uh,
2: to that's bring what's somebody out there. in. It's, yeah,
0: yeah. Slim pickings for uh, for kickers out there. Yeah. So I will go back to my word, confidence. Okay. So confidence
2: uh, in me, Maher. A this is just no. no you're So you're not talking <laughs> Maher's confidence to go now, out there. You're talking the team's confidence exactly. in Maher. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yes. Now that makes sense.
0: And once again. You know how uh, everybody overacted to one game uh, in Dak's career. It just happened to be the last one uh, of, of the regular season instead of the productivity over the entire season, and look how that turned around. So uh, I know kickers are a different breed, uh, but I just think Brett Maher's a different breed of kicker than I, what we're normally used to. So we'll see what happens.
2: But they would need to make a decision we're by talking. Saturday I'm, afternoon I'm if they were to, well, to, either, to uh,
0: elevate him to, yeah, the, uh, to, the, to the 48. Right. So he could be, a, you know, if you had some So basically concern. what this
2: is, is what's going on out there right now is uh, with Maher. I mean, if he's out there missing four extra points uh, in practice, then you're taking a closer look at Vizcaino and maybe to elevate him for Sunday.
0: Right. Just in case, right? Because right. He would probably have one miss, mm-hmm. and then you yank him and, and bring in the guy. My that, wife asked knows. me
1: Monday. She said, "You guys need a backup kicker." I said, "Nobody carries a backup kicker on their team. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> never going to happen." <laughs> That's
2: right. I mean, there's a there's a big battle uh, going on to who's who's going to be on that active roster. Well, special teams. To, was,
0: it wasn't. Was it last year or the year before they brought in another kicker when Zerline was struggling, if I remember correctly? Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's not they unprecedented. Uh, you know, and the only other thing he did this year, I think in two games he was the kickoff specialist for the Patriots. Um, and, and that lasted just two games. So, um, yeah, doesn't have a lot of experience in uh, I, I just I, think, I just don't
2: understand this because Liram Hiru-Lahu is available, I think.
0: I think he is. I think he's a free agent out there. <laughs> and how
2: and
1: much, has, what about, what about Jonathan Garabay? How, how
0: much how much exper- <laughs> NFL experience does he have, by the way? Got a lot of CFL experience. Yeah, that's right. He was pretty good. Mm-hmm, that's and, right. And it's like, okay, buddy, your first appearance in the NFL is going to be in a second-round playoff game on the road and on who knows – what condition the grass will be. Have at it.
2: Okay. All right. So the, uh, that's, that's the top of the news for everyone. Oh, and let me everyone's... finish with this, okay.
0: too. I saw this in the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, they some still guy... publish that? Uh, they do. Okay. Well, it was online. I don't know <laughs> okay. if there's a paper edition. Some guy named uh, Dennis Young was ro- uh, writing on how Jerry Jones flip-flopped on the kicker Situation, because I think after the game he was, you know, he didn't come down. But by Tuesday morning, when he did his radio interview, he pointed out that, well, we'll just have to take a look at this. You know, that we've we've done this once before carrying a kicker. So Dennis Young, who wrote the story, said, "Yeah, Jerry Jones flip flopped on Monday morning on his radio segment." I'm thinking, if you're giving somebody grief, at least get your dates right, <laughs> right? Don't make a mistake in your story, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm done.
1: Okay. Uh, hey, I have something. I yes. have something. You go, Everson. I am – I was very uh, uh, impressed with all of the narrative around Dak and the Cowboys and, you know, what's Dak going to do. And, and uh, they just had all of the dominoes lined up for them to fall against the Cowboys, right? That's all they talked about. Dak Prescott has the most pressure on him than any other player in the NFL playoffs. Now, who has that pressure on them now after Dak just miraculously becomes the savior of the world? <laughs> none. <laughs> none, none the none's on a rookie on quarterback, is it? <laughs> well, just kind of straying away from, from the game, this particular game, I think Jalen Hurts has the most pressure on him right now. It just, it just shifted to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in regards to how they're going to handle their first game.
2: And especially when you consider that Jalen is coming off the injury and uh, you know, yes. just faced the Giants a couple of weeks ago in his return and mm-hmm. the way the Giants have been playing. Um, and that could be a very interesting game on Saturday night.
0: Did he lose one of his dimensions? It is going to be a very interesting game. Mm-hmm. Did he lose one of his dimensions of running the ball, pr- trying to protect that shoulder, not wanting to get tackled? And is he a different quarterback?
1: I know, I know. If I was a coach, I would not be calling too many uh, uh, RPOs for for Jalen Hurts because you know we're flying around. Not just us, we're flying around. You got the Giants that have a lot of confidence right now, and like you said, they played against Jalen Hurts at the end of the season. Didn't go so well. You know, I I I think he does right now. He is what that Dak Prescott was facing last week. But of course, the pressure is not as much because you're not a Dallas Cowboy quarterback, but you've been getting all of this praise all year long. Uh, You know, everyone's putting you ahead of Dak and and almost every other quarterback in the NFL. And we hadn't even heard from you now really for about two, three weeks. Now we'll see what he's got going on and how healthy is he?
2: And when you consider the Giants and Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, uh, who has a history with uh, uh, some tough defensive teams like the Ravens in his past, uh, they, they may be targeting
0: that shoulder that uh, Jalen Hurts is playing with.
1: <laughs> I bet they are. Yeah, <laughs>
0: there's, there's, uh, there's no in- equality in criticism, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so back to this game, yes. Cowboys and Niners. What do we
2: need to know coming out of Mike McCarthy's press conference So this uh,
0: he, he pointed out that uh, J. Ron Kurse will be limited in practice uh, with that knee, uh, but I think they feel like uh, the rest of these guys are, uh, oh, I printed out my injury report and left it on the printer, uh, that everybody else is about ready to go except for, uh, Jason Peters, and I think I told you guys on Tuesday, what's today, Thursday, that he's likely done uh, for the season with that hip injury. Somebody just asked me about Jason Peters. I said, it's a 40-year-old man with a bad hip. You can kind of read into it as you will. Uh, but that means the offensive line is is back in order, which which was – Another thing pointed out in one of the analysis in the uh, uh, enemy newspaper, pointing out that the Cowboys have problems on the offensive line because Jason Peters has a hip injury and may not play. They didn't point out that uh-huh. that offensive line, you know, that was only his first it's, start it's, of the year. It's
2: back to it's back the,
0: to what it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um,
2: and I've called up the injury report from yesterday, and officially, what the Cowboys had listed yesterday as far as curse goes, his participation level was limited, as you mentioned, with his knee. And Demar- Demarcus Lawrence has been lim- has been listed as limited all throughout year. the season, yeah, all year. Uh, and Peters was the only one who is a DNP. And then, as far as San Francisco is concerned, yesterday's injury report. I'm looking just at names of uh, interest. Um, they have a ten-time Pro Bowl left tackle themselves, who's headed for the Hall of Fame, Trent Williams. Trent Williams, and uh, he did not participate yesterday. But it it, it's not because it's because rest. he is a ten-time future, ten-time uh, Pro Bowl, future uh, Hall of Fame uh, left tackle.
0: Yeah, and I just want to mm-hmm. see if this year. Uh, when he lines up on the left side like he did last year in the playoff game and he starts digging and, and, and his toe, his back foot toe in the ground before the snap, if that's a false start. I
1: remember start. that stuff, You remember that?
0: Mm-hmm. It was like he'd sit there. I do. There, it, it, was, <laughs> it, was like, it was like one of those charging, you know, bulls. It's like, all right, I'm ready to go. And he's <laughs> digging that foot in the ground. Why is that not a false start? But I guess we'll find out. Yeah.
2: By the way, speaking of penalties, yes. How about the Cowboys? uh, The way the Cowboys have corrected that little issue. Well, do we remember the playoff game last year? That's where I'm calling it up right now. I believe it was 14. Team stats last year's playoff game. Well, Dallas and San Francisco last year. Uh, it was 14 penalties for Dallas for 89 yards, and the 49ers had nine penalties for 58 yards in that game last year.
0: So I saw who's doing the game this year, and he his last to two years, Bill Vinovich. Yeah, the, the least amount of penalties called. There you go. I wonder if that has anything to do after they saw last year's game. I don't know, but that, that is
2: something after, that,
1: after last after last week's game after last week's game. Uh, The Cowboys ended up, uh, at the end of the year, probably one of the least penalized teams in the NFL, correct? Yeah,
0: after the start they got off to, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because there there was a lot of double-digit penalties at that point.
2: And that has always been a point of criticism here. Uh, and if you can clean that stuff up uh, at this critical time of the year, that's huge. All right, we're just getting started on this edition of Mix Shots. we got much to get into. In fact, I want to take a look at the last three years for Christian McCaffrey versus Tony Pollard when we come back on Mix Shots in just a moment.
3: Mm-hmm. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh! She's doing great! Oh yeah, totally.
2: torrential what's that even mean it means you can't see out of your windshield and if you have the wrong car insurance you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper so switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me.
3: Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
1: What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back, back. to shots.
0: Cape okay, Post roofing and waterproofing. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. So call now, two one four two two five four eight six zero. 225 4860
2: kpostcompany.com. Okay, uh, you know, I talked about the watch party on Monday night and yeah. just uh, how many Cowboys fans were there at at and Stadium and Miller Lighthouse. Uh, I was out there even before the gates opened on Monday afternoon, and there was – Starting at 5.30 when the gates opened, there were it was already filling up very quickly. And when I drove away uh, just before kickoff at nearly 7 you o'clock— You left
0: the party before the game. was well, I had was to over? get
2: someplace where, where I could actually get my notepad <laughs> out and take notes. Yeah. Um, uh, it was. There were a lot of cars and a lot of people still on their way in to the party. Well, they've decided they're going to do it again this week.
0: It was a good so, idea. So, it
2: was a good idea, a great idea, and they're going to do it again on Sunday afternoon. Of course, it is a 5.30 kickoff Dallas time, and the watch party... I I don't have in front of me right now, but I assume if they're going this to use the same time, time frame, uh, gates would open at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon. I'll try to confirm that. Before this is we get not done a
1: Spagnola read.
2: Uh, well, actually, well, he, now he I, had have I have it. now found. Right <laughs> I have now found a read that was underneath <laughs> the mix shots live reads, and um, uh, four o'clock. Yes, gates open at four o'clock.
0: Hopefully, so for you a nice day, right?
2: I haven't looked at the forecast for – have you looked at the forecast for the Bay Area? I just said. They've that. had some rain issues here recently. Recently,
0: the whole month mm-hmm. or more than that. You haven't
2: looked? I have not looked. Okay. So that's, that's another assignment for you. Well,
0: the, the most important thing is if you have to go across the field after the game, what shoes to wear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, the most important thing is for the what kicker. Shoe,
0: what shoe the kicker wears is for the right? kicker.
2: All right. Uh, Christian McCaffrey versus Tony Pollard. Uh, What led me to look this up was a tweet from Ed Werder uh, during the Niners-Seattle game on Saturday. He tweeted something to the effect of, I often wonder whenever I watch Christian McCaffrey what uh, Tony Pollard would be like if he was used in the same way that Christian McCaffrey has been used. Both in Carolina and in San Francisco. I'm reading into it. That's too long a tweet. I mean, it was just I often wonder what Tony Pollard would do if he had the if he was used the same way as Christian McCaffrey. So I looked up the last three years, because Pollard is rookie year. Okay, he's a rookie. Okay. Right. So his last three years versus Christian McCaffrey. Pollard, 424 carries. For 2,154 yards, 5.1 yards a carry. McCaffrey, 402 carries. For 1,800 yards, 4.5 yards a carry. All right, receiving. Pollard, 106 catches, 901 yards. That's 8.5 yards a catch. McCaffrey, 139 receptions, 1,233 yards. That's 8.9 yards a catch. So all told... Pollard 530 touches, McCaffrey 541 touches. Pollard 3055 yards, McCaffrey 3039 yards. 5.8 yards a touch for Pollard, 5.6 yards a touch for McCaffrey. Now here's the big difference. Touchdowns. No, I'm not I didn't even look at touchdowns. The big difference. <laughs> <laughs> McCaffrey has missed 20 games right. during that time. Right. But you look at the production, and when McCaffrey has been healthy and playing in games, and when Pollard has played, it's almost identical, their usage, okay, or they're almost identical their production, okay? Yep. But I also think McCaffrey is a case in point for the Cowboys who decide that we're not going to use Pollard as much because we don't want him to get hurt. And you see what, what happened to McCaffrey after he was used so much by Carolina the first two years in the league, the next two years he misses 20 games. And the Cowboys have been guarding against overuse for Pollard because they don't want to lose him for 20 games the next couple of years.
0: Or they don't have confidence in him that he can there are handle other aspects. that many snaps in a game. And we were gonna we we well he's shown that part, backs. Well, we will find out once free agency begins how other teams evaluate Tony Pollard because if they so, allow him into free agency, we'll see what sort of offers he gets.
2: And and by the way, at the end of this year, with more touches this year for Pollard, he had a bruised thigh at the end of the season and had to miss a game and was limited in another one.
0: Right. So that'll be that'll be the barometer on your little deal there what other people think of him not just what the cowboys perceive him to be
2: and, but it, but it is an interesting yes. comparison when yes. you look at the production numbers pollard and mccaffrey in uh, both uh, rushing and
0: receiving so do you have a a comparable with uh my man debo <laughs> I, I, do I don't compare think
1: that. There the, is no comparison right, to the, the Cowboys <laughs> don't have a,
0: a, a comparable player, right, that can do both things like that. Can you think of one? I wouldn't say that. I okay. wouldn't say that. Who, who do you think they, they can hand I mean, the ball to for 400 yards rushing as a receiver? See, Tony like, Pollard. I, I think he's <laughs> <Yeah>. really good.
2: <laughs> all right. All right. So, Everson, what do you think of my McCaffrey versus Pollard comparison there?
1: Well, off the bat, uh, before I knew uh, the evenness of their stats, uh, I would have thought that McCaffrey uh, has a little bit more uh, endurance. That's just the way I would have uh, thought it, just by, you know, looking at it uh, from afar. Uh Pollard has always been that guy that needed limited touches because you could see the fatigue in him if he gets the ball a little bit too often. Uh, We talked about it yesterday, Spags. Uh, I think that was off the air. I I really just saw Tony Pollard as a guy that has a little bit more uh, explosiveness than McCaffrey. I I have always thought that, just the way Pollard has played. I thought he showed it also uh, in the last game. In the play, the, the way he willed himself to just, you know, get an average over four yards a carry in this last playoff game, uh, I thought. I think I think they both they both have the same uh, abilities, but off the top, I would have thought that McCaffrey would have a little bit more endurance overall than uh, Pollard. I guess when you look at the fact that he didn't play so many games over the last three years, he has been used more than Pollard has. Uh, you know, based on uh, how much he's played.
2: Mickey's busy charting or uh, scribbling something down.
1: I thought I lost you
2: guys. I know I it. I, lost I, I was <laughs> hoping that Mickey had something to add there because I was busy uh, coming up with something to add to the conversation. I'm not finished with my research, Mickey.
0: Well, uh, no, I was, I was just you, – since you compared those guys, I was trying to compare – Uh, pass rushers, sack guys. So that's off a different subject. But if you got more... Go go for it. Go for uh, it.
1: Before you move on to that, before you move on to that, hold on, before you move on to that, uh, I don't think Christian McCaffrey has had a a Zeke Elliott. You know, when you look at that, uh, who who was that prominent in the backfield with him uh, that's on Zeke Elliott's uh, level? You know, that's the luxury that uh, uh, Pollard has had his whole career. And it's like you said, Spags, how is that going to affect his uh, worth uh, without a Zeke on, on the next team that he may go to?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, and that's a, that's a question that's going to get a, uh, answered. So since you brought up that, I was thinking, well, what about Sacks, right? Because right away we think Bosa and Parsons. Well, Yep. Boso led the league with eighteen and a half sacks. Parsons had thirteen and a half. But as I go through this whole thing and looking at they ranked the top fifty guys with sacks in the league. Fifty yeah, tied fifty. And it's more than fifty because there's a huge tie at forty nine, right? At at six and a half. Mm-hmm. Um the Cowboys have another guy in the top fifty with Dorrance Armstrong tied for twenty-seventh with eight and a half. And San Francisco, according to these stats, and I guess I should look at their their stats, uh, they don't have another guy with six and a half sacks. Um hmm. according to the top uh let's see here. So I should look here. The uh Ebucon, is that how you Sam, say it? Yep. He's got five. Well, close enough, anyway. And <laughs> Omen, Omenahu.
2: Amenahu. Amenahu, Charles Amenahu, Amenahu at Aralette High School in oh, the University okay. of
0: Texas.
1: Four and a half sacks. <laughs> hey, could you take that paper from, Matt, from Mickey, please? Just take <laughs> paper from Mickey, uh, <laughs> Here, leave me, that yourself. I, leave even, it
0: yourself. I even wrote that down <laughs> to make sure I pronounced it right, and we didn't have it on the right page. <laughs>
2: yeah, there
0: you go. So they had two guys <laughs> combined for like nine sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, from a sack standpoint, uh, obviously the Cowboys got to take care of Bosa. Uh, and, on the, the, and on the season, the night— Oh, Manahoo, 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 had one and a half last year against the Cowboys in that playoff game. And uh by the
2: way, and he was drafted by the Texans. The Texans gave up on him, and right. now he winds up in San Francisco. Uh The 49ers on the season had 44 sacks as a team. So the
0: Cowboys had 10, mm-hmm. 10 more, I believe that is. Mm-hmm. And their quarterbacks have only been sacked 31 times.
2: Here's the other thing uh, to consider on San Francisco, and this is something that I've charted throughout the season uh, in my voluminous notebook here offensive line injuries. The 49ers have been really one of the healthiest offensive lines in the league this entire season. Uh, With the exception, Trent Williams, early in the season, missed three games. And how did they start the season,
0: Mickey? I believe one and two.
2: And they were three three and four four after seven games. Basically, after Trent Williams came back in what would be week seven. They lost to Kansas City in week seven. Since then, they've won every game. And I don't think it's a coincidence getting their ten-time Pro Bowl left tackle back. But when you look at their offensive line, and this is something I'm sure that the Cowboys are looking at this week in ways that they uh, can um, take advantage with their pass rush. They've got San Francisco's got two veterans at tackle: Williams on one side, and a 2018 first-round pick, Mike McGlinchey's at right tackle. But you look at their interior offensive linemen, and they've got young guys in there. Now, they may be pretty good, too, but they've got a first-year starter at center in Jake Brindle out of UCLA and Plano East High School, who's basically a starter for the first time. Alex Mack was their longtime center, of course, and Alex Mack, uh, you know, he's could be destined for Canton as well. You know, He started 17 games last year for them at uh, pushing 40 years old, probably. So, Brendel's been their starter at center, and they're at guard. They've got second-round draft pick from last year, Aaron Banks, who is starting his first year at left guard. And, uh, well, actually, he and Blake Hentz have uh, actually – they last year, they had Blake Hansen, and Tom Compton with their starters at guard, and banks this year is a first year starter. He backed them up last year. And the other guard is Spencer Burford, another first year starter, fourth round rookie this year, who uh, and they lost Lake and Tomlinson, who signed a big three or forty million dollar deal with the Jets uh, from last year. And so those interior uh, offensive linemen are young or inexperienced one or the other. And that could be something where the Cowboys try to take advantage of uh, what the Niners have up front despite the fact that they've been healthy all year on their offensive line. So they've done a good job all year, but if you're looking for a place where they might be susceptible a little bit it would be inside on their offensive line.
0: And you mentioned uh, that they have won 11 straight games. I, I This occurred to me, and it's like you can't do if, right? But Had the Cowboys, like, hung on to leads in the two games they lost in overtime, they would have had a 10-game winning streak until losing to Washington in the season finale. So the only thing that stood between them and a 10-game winning streak was losing two games in overtime. Right. One of them on a drop pass pick six.
2: You know, it's interesting how many hot teams are still alive in the playoffs. Teams that have done well Shocking, in the second half it? of the year. I yeah. mean, you look at Cincinnati and Buffalo, I think that they both have, what, eight-game win streaks. It's, and it's uh, it's rare that you have two teams that hot matching up against each
0: other in the playoffs. Yeah, but, and Kansas City's been pretty consistent also. All right, we wrap up this edition of Mix Shots in just a moment.
3: We paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh, yeah, totally.
2: Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for bailing, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com for more.
0: Back, back, back. to mixed shots. Bill Everson, do either one of you know who the Dallas Cowboys' 2022 Fan of the Year is?
2: I saw a story on the
0: Fan of the Year on CBS. <laughs>
2: do you remember the name?
0: Uh, no, but I feel you're going to fill me in on it. It is James Wright because James brings the spice to every Dallas Cowboys game, and now he needs you to help him bring. It to the Super Bowl. Vote for James to be given the ultimate title of NFL Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at NFL.com/slash fan of the year. So the captain Yay,
1: James. the captain's gonna
0: be there to crown the fan of the year, right? I guess so. It says presented by him. Uh-huh. He's gonna present him the trophy.
2: All right, uh, some news out of Tampa this morning. They have fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, making sweeping oh, changes man, to their really? coaching staff. As many as wow. five <laughs> offensive assistants and two on defense expected to be let go.
1: That's, wow.
0: That saves the head coach's job, or how does that work? Well, I would. Or maybe Todd Bowles at the. To...
2: Think about think about Tampa Bay uh, since a year ago at this time. Bruce Arians was the head coach. He decides to retire in March after Brady had retired, and then Brady comes back, and Bowles had been announced as being promoted to head coach. But think about Byron Leftwich and where he was as far as a hot head coaching uh, commodity yes, he coming was. off a of Super Bowl two years ago and even last year. And uh, now uh, – they let him go.
0: So do you think? Do
2: you- Mickey working on his microphone as we speak. Well, he he I wants to add I something. He sneezed,
1: here. and you got to hit the cough button back a couple times. You I want was to just raise your microphone sounds, a little bit so we like can
2: hear you, too.
1: <laughs> he, he sounds like an old man over there. Well, I can't. Like a sneeze. guy that just woke up. <laughs> I can't I I can't sneeze.
0: Uh, and I had a very good point to make too. About Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Bruce do, Arians. Do you think Bruce Arians had a little bit to do with Byron Leftwich's offensive coordinator status? And maybe No,
1: I think Tom Landry had everything to do with Byron Leftwich's status, period. It all had to do with Tom Brady. Oh, you, know. said Tom you said Tom Landry. Tom Landry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, how's he going to tie this one together? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have, to, have to sew that together, boy. <laughs> now I'm coughing because I'm choking on my So opinion. do you think
2: Brady was the offensive coordinator? Have they fired Brady too? They didn't have to. He's a
1: free agent. Hey, I'm telling you. Byron Leftowitz can look like a genius with Tom Brady sitting up there in the center. Now, all of a sudden, Tom Brady's gone, and we don't need Byron. I mean, come on. That's a no-brainer to me. I'm sorry. Well, he's not gone yet. He Who? Has a, Brady.
2: Well, yeah, he's a free agent, so he can't. He, yeah. He, he can, now. So maybe they're making Got these it. moves to okay. try to lure Brady back. Maybe he's going to be the offensive no. coordinator. That's right. He's going to be the
1: player coach. <laughs> Hey, hey, I would not put it past him. Think about that. I would not put it past him.
2: All right, so speaking of coaching matchups, how about the coaching matchup here where, uh, well, on the offensive side of the football, uh, there are a lot of changes in San Francisco staff where, you know, their O.C. last year is now the head coach of Miami, is Kyle Shanahan's offense, though. But it's Shanahan versus Quinn. Right. Right. And, uh, obviously, they have the history together in Atlanta. Took a team to the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. and had a big lead at a Super Bowl against the aforementioned Tom Brady and the Patriots. And then D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the Niners. You talk about hot head coaching commodities right now. D'Amico Ryans is getting a lot of looks around the league right
0: now. You think he's going to be distracted?
2: will Dan Quinn be distracted yeah, interviewing well,
0: tomorrow with Everybody Denver? was worried about uh, Quinn being distracted and they've got a coordinator that's going to interview tomorrow also I believe uh, in the, Ryan's right uh, He's
2: got uh, Ryan's has maybe 4 or 5 interviews scheduled for tomorrow That's why I said now but he had two extra days to prepare for Dallas Yeah you know, they had already played for his tonight. interviews uh, well <laughs> They, had, you know, they played on Saturday, and they had already played Tampa Bay a month ago. And so you know that they spent those two days, having not played Dallas this year, uh, preparing for Dallas and knowing that Dallas was probably going to win that game.
0: So what scares you the most about the San Francisco offense? What part? The offensive line, the running back, Debo, receivers. What part? Play calling.
1: Okay. Because? I think, I, think Shan, I think Shanahan has the ability to cross up any defense that the 49ers go up against. Uh, they don't just attack you with strict. They attack you with intellect as well. I think he's one of the better play callers, Shanahan, uh, in the NFL. Period. Uh, what you saw from uh, from our, our, our defense, offense coordinator, uh, was special uh, in the, against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And you know, when it comes down to it, you've got a young wide receiver in Ayuk. I keep. Um, I hope I'm saying that. correctly. It? that's good. Good and and. And, and and with thank you, uh, Bill. Not not Mickey. Mickey, you don't Get it right, often. <laughs> so I, I have I have to say that uh, that does scare me more than anything is their ability to spread the ball around. Now, uh, people talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Brady and how they spread the ball around as well. Uh, Dak Prescott has he, I think he hit eight different receivers. In the ball game uh, against the uh, the Buccaneers, you know, to me that's showing uh, just how good he can be as an offensive coordinator. Talking about the Dallas Cowboys, Uh, Shanahan to me uh, is on a different level, even from Kellen Moore, and to me that's saying a lot because I I do I do respect Kellen Moore when he's at his best, and and uh, Shanahan to me is even on a higher level than that.
0: Well, this will make you feel good because I listened to. Uh, Troy Aikman's radio segment uh, this morning on The Ticket, and mm-hmm. he absolutely agreed with you that uh, not only does Shanahan have the personnel to be very uh, versatile, meaning you mentioned Ayuk, he's got the tight end, Kittle, he's got the fullback, Ustak, Ooh, uh that he likes to play with, right, Uh, And and it's like when you have that personnel around the quarterback, no matter who the quarterback is, if the quarterback is, um, you know, recognizes things, disciplined, accurate, it doesn't matter that, you know, Brock Purdy was the lowest drafted rookie to win a playoff game because he's got all this around him and Shanahan in – uh, Aikman's estimation is one of the best, if not the best, offensive coordinators in the league, um, and he and he went back to learning from his dad, Mike Shanahan, who learned from Bill Walsh, and he said the three kind of put together this offense, or they, uh, Kyle took parts of this and parts of that, part of his own and has really put together a very versatile offense. But to do that, you had to have these versatile players. And But he was very complimentary uh, of what uh, Kyle Shanahan has done offensively.
2: All right, Everson, we're about out of time, and uh, you'll be joining us again tomorrow uh, from a remote location. Yes, sir. Okay. On your... top of the world. That's right. <laughs> On top of the world. And – We'll uh, get the picks to click, and I'll fill up my gas tank, and uh, then we'll be ready for San Francisco.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be 45-43. Do you think I ought to fill up the tank? Or Just if I filled
2: up the tank, I mean gas prices are now over $3 a gallon again. What happened? I don't know what happened, but I saw last night. I said, okay, I'm going to wait a day. I'm sure they're going to come down. <laughs> so I may be going with a half tank.
0: It's right so we'll there see. with soft drink prices. There, oh, there you go. And Eggs.
2: Yeah, what happened with (laughs) eggs? Did the chickens get stingy or something? (laughs) That's for another day. All right, uh, we will chat at you again tomorrow on the next edition of Mix Shots. Go Cowboys! This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
1: How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!